And uh, as you open up your Bibles with me to Ezekiel 37, or look to the screen, Proverbs 18, 21, Ezekiel 37, verse 3, and Proverbs 18, 21, uh, I want to take a moment and honor uh, your pastor. I appreciate him and his wife and kids very, very much. They are great people of God, and I know you all love them. Amen. Why don't we give the Lord a round of applause for them? and uh, the great leadership that is here in this city. And I know your assistant pastor got a chance to hang out with him. Last time I was here, I don't know if you heard, I was coming into town and he just took a job that was out of town or something or what. He didn't want to be here. No, I'm just kidding. But your assistant pastor and his wife, great people of God. I know you all love them. Why don't we give a little round of applause for them, all the work they do. I, um, I'm so grateful, you know, just to be around good people of God that are here to help you make heaven your home and uh, that make a good, a good uh, family atmosphere. You know, not every church feels like this. And so it's good to be a part of a church that uh, allows for a good family atmosphere and allows the presence of God to be here. I also want to honor my wife and my boys that are not with me uh, this time. <clears throat> they, they will come one day, I promise. <laughs> but... Uh, I, I love them very much. They're in Los Angeles right now with my parents. And so um, that means that my kids are with their grandparents. And so I'm here by myself. But uh, I, I honor them. I love them very much. And I'm grateful for them. Let's get into the word. Ezekiel 37 and verse 3. The Bible said, he said unto me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again, he said unto me, prophesy unto these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. Proverbs 18 and verse 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. I'll say that one more time just so everybody get in your spirit. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Would you go ahead and put your Bibles to one side, and let's lift up our hands, and let's just thank God for the privilege to be here. Jesus, we thank you for the privilege, the honor to be in your presence right now. I pray that you would anoint my mind and loose my tongue to speak your word here today, that your will be done, God. I thank you right now for every miracle you've already done and every miracle you're going to do. I magnify your name in the name of Jesus. Why don't one more time, why don't we clap our hands and thank God. Before I go any further, what I understand, we've only got one service today. We're going to give it our all. And... Uh, so I want to ask right now, the Bible said to clap your hands, all you people, and to shout unto God with the voice of triumph. But before you do that, I want you to understand that we don't always feel triumphant, right? We don't always feel victorious. We don't always feel like everything is going all right. But I want to remind you, as I've said this before, I believe that's the best time in which to clap. That's the best time in which to shout. When you don't feel the victory when you're in the middle of the valley and it's a little foggy it's a little hazy you don't you can't see what's up ahead you don't even see the victory up ahead that's the best time to begin to clap that's the best time 
to begin to shout. That's what Paul and Silas did while they were in prison. They couldn't move their feet or couldn't move their arms. They couldn't clap, but they begin to sing and they begin to shout with their mouth. But somebody for a moment, as the Bible said, clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God with the voice of triumph. I'm excited to feel the presence of God in this room. Turn to somebody and tell them the power of the tongue. Shake about two or three people's hand all around you. Give them a big smile. Tell them you're glad to see them. And after that, you may be seated. I want to talk to you, as I've already mentioned, on this topic, uh, the power of the tongue. As I've mentioned before, I want to let you know I am not a long-winded preacher. You all know that by now. Uh, but I will finish when you respond. All right. Some, somebody over here is ready to go right now. They understood what I'm saying. Ready for lunch. I'm not a long-winded preacher, but I, I will finish when you all respond. More people are getting it. I uh, believe that, <clears throat> no doubt, as the Bible says, that death and life <clears throat> is in the power of the tongue. But I want to prove that to you in about 0.2 seconds. You guys ready for this? All of the wives, good, meek, humble, spiritual women of God here in the room that have been sanctified and saved, would you turn to your husbands and in the most polite, gentle just woman of God way, would you just tell them it matters what you say? I didn't say with attitude. In the most humble and meek way you can possibly say, the sweetest way you can say. Now, I'm not going to ask the husbands to turn to the wives because we're going to have a problem. Right? I don't want you all to say the same. Just keep your eyes right here on me and we'll be safe. I want you to understand, just, just with that, alone, you recognize that it really is important what you say. It makes a whole world of a difference what you say. When you're having a bad day and you get a report from the doctor that you don't want to get, a report from your boss that you don't want to get, and, and you're having a bad day, you don't call the, the Debbie Downer of the church, the person that's always having a bad day. You don't call them so that they can give you some some hope and peace, and they're going to tell you what's wrong with their life, too, after they've heard you out about your life, and they're going to begin to get in the middle of it and wallow in their sorrow along with you, and you're going to eventually both be having a really bad day, and eventually you'll never get out of that. Why? Because it matters what you say. And so when you're having a bad day, who do you call? You might call Pastor Levine. He's always having a good day. He's not allowed to have a bad day, right? Sister Levine, she's not, she's not allowed to have a bad day. She's always got a smile on her face, always having a good day, right? I'm not going to get into that. 
But you all understand, you call somebody that's always having a good, that can give you a word of encouragement. They'll tell you, hey, you know what? I understand it doesn't feel good. I understand uh, everything's not looking like it should around you, but everything's going to be all right. You call somebody that's always having a good day, somebody that can speak life, somebody that can change the atmosphere literally around you. And when you speak into the atmosphere, what you say will eventually begin to change the atmosphere. And I guarantee you that what you say, you will eventually be able to see. I'm trying to let somebody know today in the world that we are in while things are becoming more and more and more negative all around us you don't have to search very long or look very deep you don't have to find it you know uh, and, and kind of go into any research really at all you can see that the world is headed away that is ungodly that is anti-christ that really doesn't condone a positive life if you will and in that moment I believe is the best moment for apostolic believers to speak life in into the atmosphere. Your, your co-workers at work will begin to wonder, why do you have a smile on your face? And you might say, well, it's because I've been with God this morning and he gave me a word and the word is uh, that everything is going to be all right. Uh, they might say, well, that don't make a whole lot of sense uh, because the way the world's going, uh, have you seen gas prices? Uh, don't you know what's going on with sickness in the world? Uh, I mean, we are doomed uh, in the way that we are going, but because you're an apostolic believer, you understand that everything is going to be all right. Why? Because God is on my side. And if God is for me, there is nobody and there is nothing that can stand in the way of Almighty God. I'm grateful that I've got God on my side. I don't have to worry about what's going on around me. No doubt it affects me. No doubt life will get a hold of every single one of us. It rains on the just and the unjust. That's what the Bible says, even on a picnic Sunday here at the sanctuary. It still rains. We understand that. We recognize that. But that does not mean that we have to live according to the situation that we are currently in. But rather, as apostolic believers, we realize that we can speak into the atmosphere and it will be so. The book of 2 Kings, there's a Shunammite woman and the prophet goes to her and her husband's house or that city every once in a while. And he would stay there as they would invite him in. The Bible says eventually they built him a room, a place they'd probably call prophet's quarters, what we would call prophet's quarters. And built him a room there in their house. It was very hospitable to him and one day he tells his servant, he says, hey, go and ask this woman what she has need of. You know, what, how can we be a blessing to her? And the, the servant come back and say, you know, she doesn't have a child and she, she's not able to have a child. Her husband is old as well and there it's really not according to the time of life. And he said, well, go back, let her know about this time, uh, you know, of life. She will indeed have a child. And so the Bible says that eventually she has that miracle child. And it's an amazing miracle. They rejoice in it. I'm sure they are blessed in it. They are very grateful for what God has done in their life as they were not able to have children before. That's an exciting thing. And all of a sudden, as the child is out working in the field with the father, the Bible says that that child falls sick. And as that child falls sick, the father tells the servant, go and send him to his mother. <clears throat> and the child goes there and lays on his mother's lap. And right there in the middle of this blessed moment, if you will, this blessing, this miracle child 
right there on his mother's lap, the Bible says, dies. Gives up his last breath. All of a sudden, he's got no beat in his heart. Now, I have two boys that I love very much. I, I look to my wife often. We look at each other and say, man, I didn't realize that you could love somebody this much. You do anything for them, right? And you would bless them and, and help them, pray for them. You spend your time uh, really trying to, to just grow, raise them in the right way and so on. I, I love my boys, but I could not imagine having to bury a child of mine. It is out of order for a parent to bury a child. It doesn't make sense. And there are probably people in this room that have gone through something like that. And the pain was unbearable at the moment. I couldn't even relate to you. I could only imagine. I can only sympathize in the moment. But the reality is it's just out of order. It does not make sense. It really is probably one of the worst things that you could ever go through in your entire life. And here is this Shunammite woman with a miracle in her lap. And all of a sudden, the miracle dies in her lap. Now, if there's anybody in the Bible that we would say, you know what, it's all right. I understand why you came Sunday morning and you didn't decide to worship the way you would normally worship. It would probably be this mother that lost her child. I wouldn't even blame her if she came into church here at the sanctuary on a Sunday and on Saturdays when she lost her child, she said, well, you know, I'm just kind of down in the dumps and I'm, I'm just going through it. I, I wouldn't even blame her. I wouldn't be able to understand her pain. I would just sympathize and say, well, let's just pray for sister so-and-so because she is going through a tragic situation. We would not at all uh, blame her. We wouldn't say anything about her in that regard, but would just try our very best to pray with her and to help her along the process, but the reality is uh, she had every right to wallow in that situation, every right to be sorrowful, every right, uh, if you will, even to begin to doubt as the miracle had died in her lap and faith no longer to be in her spirit. And in that moment, while she should have been preparing for a funeral while in that moment she should have been preparing for the worst and doubt would be able to creep in. She, she goes over to her husband and she says, puts the boy in the prophet's room and she closes the door, comes to her husband and says, hey, give me a servant and a donkey. I'm going to go see the man of God. And the husband, you can imagine, the father is also torn in his spirit as well. I mean, he's going through it and dealing with it in a different way. And he looks at her and says, what do you mean? You can't go see the prophet today. Day. It's, it's not even the right time. It's not the Sabbath day. They had certain days and times that they would go see the man of God. They wouldn't just barge in. And, and he says, what are you doing? It, it, it's not the right moment. And you can imagine the cloud of thoughts and the doubt going through his mind. I mean, the hurt and the pain that he is feeling. They are going through one of the toughest, darkest valleys you could ever possibly go through in your entire life. And there was they had every right to think the way the father was thinking. Think the way that the husband was thinking. But the, the woman, the wife, she looks at the husband and while she should have been afraid and probably was, while she should have been filled with doubt, she looks at the husband and she speaks these words. She says, it shall be well. Now that makes no sense whatsoever. 
You think about her circumstance that I've just tried to describe to you and let you know and understand, kind of let you in on and be able to feel her pain. It's not going to be well with her emotions. It's not going to be well according to her circumstance and where she is. But she begins to speak into the atmosphere contrary to what she is going through. And I tell somebody today, the best time to begin to prophesy and speak life is not when everything is going all right, uh, but is in the middle of the valley when you are going through the worst uh, of the worst situations. Uh, that's the best time uh, to rise up uh, and begin to say, it shall be well. I don't know why. I don't know how. I don't know when, but I know that everything is going to be all right. Uh, why? Because God uh, is still on the throne, uh, and if he's on the throne, uh, I believe uh, that everything is going to be all right. Uh, if I've still got breath in my body, that means that God is still on my side. So I've come to declare today that it shall be well, no matter what you're going through, no matter where you are, no matter what valley you are walking in, in the middle of it, uh, how deep the storm is, how dark the situation, I'm here to let you know that it shall be well. I'm here to declare it uh, into the atmosphere uh, that everything uh, is going to be all right. It's in that moment you begin to realize, man, I really do have power in my tongue. I really do have power to change the outcome of a situation. The world today, they call it manifesting. You can manifest. A lot of our young people understand that term. You can manifest yourself into anything. What the world may not have understood is that is a biblical principle in the book of Proverbs that was set many, many, many years ago already that death and life was in the power of the tongue. Matter of fact, when you begin to speak contrary to what is around you, you literally take after the likeness of God. Let me explain. Genesis, the Bible said there was darkness on the face of the earth and God said let there be light. And in that moment, after the words that God spoke, he could have thought light into existence. He could have snapped his fingers and light would have came. But he spoke the word, let there be light. And all of a sudden, in a dark world, light begin to shine. Light begin to flow. Why? That's just the way God works. He speaks it as though it already was. And when you begin to learn to speak in the same way to begin to prophesy in the same way you begin to take after the likeness of God and when you begin to speak contrary to the darkness contrary to what it looks like around you you begin to prophesy just like Ezekiel with the dry bones why there was no breath in those bones there was no skin on the bones there was no blood on the bones but when he began to speak over the dry bones all of a sudden the skin began to form the blood begin to flow and the breath begin to come into their lungs that they didn't even have a moment ago because when you begin to prophesy, you change the atmosphere around you. You may be seated. Let me, let me explain a little bit further. As, as David is standing before Goliath, the Bible said 40 long days, and I told you all this last time, 40 long days, you know, he was there speaking against the children of Israel, this Goliath, and and as he was speaking all this mess, all this nonsense, morning and evening, that'd be 80 times of him talking all kind of trash. 
And I've, I've mentioned I, I don't believe anybody here in their right mind will let somebody talk all kind of trash for 80 long days and, and still hold their phone number without blocking it, right? I'd hope not. So why, we, why do we do that with the enemy? We let him talk and let him talk. And well, we know we feel depression in our home or we feel fear in our home. And we begin to think, well, may, maybe this is just the way I'm supposed to live. Maybe this is just the way it's supposed to be. And Goliath would come out and he'd speak all this mess. And the Bible said they were greatly af afraid. So fear, the spirit of fear was present in the camp with the children of Israel. We recognize that. They listened and they uh, obeyed the spirit of fear, if you will. They uh, submitted themselves to it, and so they were in torment. And every time Goliath would come out, the Bible says they would, they would hide. They literally would go back and run. They'd be in the middle of a battle with someone that was equivalent their size, and when Goliath would come out, they'd run back. I mean, these are warriors. That's embarrassing, right? All of a sudden, our soldiers retreated when one big guy came out. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. And all of a sudden, David comes and he hears Goliath for the first time speaking all this nonsense. And he doesn't let Goliath speak into his life. Because the enemy understands the power of the tongue too. Let me explain a little bit further. As Goliath, the Bible says, begins to speak to David, he's, the Bible says that he would curse David by his gods. Now that means Goliath was a Philistine. He worshipped the god Dagon. Dagon was an idol that was made by the Philistine hands. Now somewhere in Goliath's life as a child, I'm sure he probably saw the priest of Dagon uh, begin to curse the enemy of the Philistines by the name of the god Dagon, right? And so when he saw that, he took that and he said, well, I curse David by my God, right? The Bible said that he cursed David by his gods, letting us know that the enemy understands the power of the tongue. And he would taunt and he would speak, I'm going to feed your body to the fowl of the air. That's what he'd say. I'm going to feed your body to the beasts of the field. But if you realize, David and the children of Israel were facing the same Goliath. But there was two different perspectives. One listened without speaking back. It's not good enough to think good thoughts. I know the world would like to tell you that's okay. But it's not good enough to think good thoughts. Have positive energy and whatnot. It's not good enough. Why? Because if you don't speak contrary to the thoughts of the enemy coming against your mind, eventually you'll begin to take those thoughts on and eventually you'll begin to walk in that way and eventually you'll begin to walk in that fear, that depression, that suicide, whatever it may be the enemy would try to put on you. You have to, like David, begin to speak against the enemy. You have to, like David, begin to speak contrary to what you feel. And so my brother uh, is an assistant pastor in Los Angeles there with my dad. He was telling me there's a couple in their church was trying to disciple some people in their apartment complex. And he said uh, as they got to praying, they met a young lady, invited her over for dinner. When they invited her over, she's there eating with them. And she began to open up. She said, you know, uh, I've actually been involved in satanic worship. My, my family is actually uh, satanic worshipers. Some of them are witches and warlocks, and it's a very common thing in my family. She said, matter of fact, this morning I shook the hand of a known satanic worshiper 
today at my job. She's opening up to them. She said, I've been feeling all this fear and this pain and depression, suicide. I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to get out. And, and what I love is this couple, they're, they're not leaders in the church. They're not ministers in the church. They're just an apostolic couple like you and like me. They're apostolic believers. And they said, well, we'll pray for you right now. That's apostolic. I don't have time for that, but you all understand. And so they said, we'll pray for you right now. And so they begin to pray in the name of Jesus. And as they begin to speak the name of Jesus over her, they told us, they said, you know what? These devils started coming out. And so she was possessed, and all these devils started coming out. And when these devils started coming out, they begin to speak. Now, this really blew my mind because they begin to speak blessing over her. And they begin to speak, you're a great woman of God. You're going to do great things for God. You're anointed by God. God has formed you and known you in the womb. Before you were even in the womb, he knew you and has anointed you. Now, this doesn't make any sense once again. Why? Because she is currently possessed by the devil. Yet they are speaking life. And they continue on. And more devils start coming out. And as it happens, eventually she's delivered in the next few moments and as she's delivered of every demon that was inside of her, they laid hands on her. She was filled with the Holy Ghost, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God came to live inside of her. She felt peace and the joy and the love of God living on the inside, completely changed her life in that one moment. It was an exciting time, an exciting moment for that couple, for that, that lady that was, was healed and was delivered. The crazy thing about it was she told them when she finally came to and was delivered, she said, well, while you guys were praying and you all were speaking life and you are saying I'm a great woman of God and I'm anointed by God, she said, well, the devils were coming out. She said, I could literally see a few demons over there in the room. And while you all were speaking those words, I can see them reaching up trying to steal your words. I watched them as they would reach up and try to take the words that you were speaking into the atmosphere. Don't tell me the enemy doesn't understand the power of the tongue. And so he'll try to get somebody over here to say something bad about somebody over here. To say, well, I don't like the way they're doing it up there. To say, well, you know what? The way they do it like this and do it like that should be like this. And before you know it, we've got to fight within ourselves. Why? Because the enemy understands the power of the tongue. But I believe this, that while the enemy may try to steal your words, and while he may try to get into your mind, I understand that the enemy cannot and will not prevail against the church of the living God. Uh, the moment that a believer, no matter who you are, no matter what you've been going through, uh, no matter where you've been, uh, the moment a believer, no matter how unequipped, uh, no matter how small, just like David, uh, I'm telling you, the moment uh, you begin to speak the word, uh, God will begin to come through. God will begin uh, to push back uh, the voice of the enemy. Somebody here today has got an anointing like David. You might not feel like a king, but I'm telling you a chapter before, anointed, David was anointed a king. And he began to walk in the authority there before Goliath. And so he would speak the word. You know what? I don't come to you with a sword and with a shield, but I come in the name of the Lord of hosts. Somebody clap your hands. I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. There's some great woman of God going to get your joy back in your home. 
Has the enemy been trying to torment some people in your home? Some great man of God, why don't you rise up as the priest of your home and begin to let the enemy know, when I get back, you better not be there. When I get back depression, you better not be in my car. You better not be in my kid's room. Why? Because God is on my side. Sickness, uh, you're not walking out the door with me. Uh, why? Because I prophesied, uh, it shall be well. Go ahead. When you don't feel like prophesying, that's the best time to speak it. Uh, when you don't feel like talking it, that's the best time to open your mouth uh, and let the enemy know. We will win this battle one more time. Because I feel Jesus here in this house. Why don't we clap our hands in victory? You might say, but the boy's still dead. But why don't you clap your hands anyway and begin to prophesy it shall be well. But everything's not all right. But Goliath is still big. Goliath is still overwhelming. But why don't you begin to clap anyway? Why don't you begin to shout anyway? Why? Because I'm telling you today that death in life is in the power of the tongue. Goliath was destroyed before the rock was ever thrown. Why? Because David would speak the word that Goliath was going to die. I'm here to let some Somebody know you've got to talk to the enemy. Let him know, hey, when I get through with this, uh, when I get out of this service, uh, I'm telling you, you will not take my joy. You will not take my peace. Uh, you will not take the love of God from me. Go ahead. That's all right. Somebody, I feel somebody wants to prophesy. Somebody just wants to speak it into the atmosphere right now. Somebody go ahead and speak it over your kids. Uh, you are an anointed man of God. Uh, you are an anointed woman of God. Uh, you might be going through the teenage years right now, but you are an anointed by God. You are an anointed man. You are an anointed woman. Uh, you will do the will of God. The atmosphere is changing right now simply because you're beginning to decide, hey, death and life's in the power of the tongue. Uh, what I say really matters. Uh, what I say really matters. Speak to the dry bones uh, and watch what God will do. I know he can heal. I know he will heal. I know he will deliver. But it really today is up to you. God doesn't want people that are going to be apostolic people that are going to be weak. They're going to say, well, you know, uh, I'll speak it when everything is going good. If that had been the case, David would have never got up there. If that had been the case, that woman that had lost that boy would have said, well, I guess this is the end. I'm here to declare to somebody this is not the end. You feel like walking out on God. You feel like, man, I haven't felt him in a long time. This is not the end. Doesn't matter how dark that valley is. Doesn't matter how crazy the storm is. I'm telling you, if you can just get a hold of Jesus, he'll tell the storm to be still. He'll tell peace to go before you. Why? Because that's the God that we serve here today. 
I wish somebody would speak to the cancer. I wish somebody would speak to the disease. I wish somebody would speak to that arthritis and diabetes in the name of Jesus. Let's all stand together. I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm not going to continue on. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. Jesus is here right now. And he's going to give you words to speak. Some of you, he already has. And you speak them in authority, you don't need to ask. He didn't tell Ezekiel, Ezekiel, ask the dry bones to live. He said, Ezekiel, tell, speak, speak the word over the dry bones. Because he wants us to walk in the authority that he has given us as children of God. What I want you to do right now is so, so important. There are so many people that I believe God's going to heal, touch, deliver here today. If you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, it's the best day of your life. He's going to fill you with his spirit. What an amazing thing that God, perfect God, a holy God, would decide when we allow him to come and live inside of an imperfect vessel like me and like you. Today, you can have that experience with God, no doubt about it. What I want you to do is to grab your neighbor where it's appropriate, grab your neighbor all around you, your friend, whoever you brought with you, and I want you to go ahead and bring them on down to this altar together. We're going to come as one big family. Would you come on down, just fill this altar area and remain standing. I'm going to lead us the rest of the way here. But I want you all to bring your friend, bring your neighbor, bring the person that you brought today to church. This is what we're going to do. Because I don't want guilt getting in the way, condemnation getting in the way. That, that messes sometimes with what we speak. That messes sometimes with how we feel, authority or the lack thereof. So all together as you're coming, we're going to ask God for forgiveness. One big body of believers, and individually, you're going to ask God for forgiveness. Whatever that sounds like, that's absolutely fine. You can speak whatever you know to ask God for forgiveness. If you don't know what to say, you can repeat after me. It'll be absolutely all right. But I want you to know what Jesus did on the cross. I want you to know what Jesus did on the cross. He already forgave you for the sins that you had not yet committed. He's just waiting for you to be a partaker of that. So all together right now, once you close your eyes, everybody in this room, why don't we ask the Lord for forgiveness in the name of Jesus. Would you close your eyes, lift up your voice. Jesus, would you cleanse my heart, God? Would you wash my mind, Lord? Would you forgive me of the things that I've done, the things I, I know I've done wrong, the things I don't know I've done wrong? And Lord, I pray that in the name of Jesus, that your forgiveness would flow on me. I forgive those that have trespassed against me. I forgive those, God, that have done me wrong in the name of Jesus. I forgive them, Lord, that your forgiveness would flow onto me. I give you my heart. I give you my mind. I give you my soul. In Jesus' name, I give everything to you, God, that you would be Lord in my life. In the name of Jesus. It's a very sincere prayer happening right now. 
Well, why don't we go ahead and clap our hands and thank God. Go ahead. Why don't we clap our hands and thank God for cleansing us today, for washing us today. So what we're going to do, everybody here today, if you have been sincere with God, I believe you've been forgiven. Amen? That means you've got a clean slate. No matter what you did five minutes ago, what you were thinking even in the middle of the service, right now, you've got a clean slate. So what we're going to do, I'm going to speak a word of faith. We're all going to shout hallelujah as we shout hallelujah. You're speaking into the atmosphere. When you feel ready to speak that word, whatever it is, you feel like, and I want to lay hands on so-and-so because I know there's sickness in their body and I feel authority. You begin to feel that, or even over your own body, and you begin to feel, you know what, I'm going to speak the word over my own body. Begin to speak it. Speak it with authority. Authority. You don't have anything in the, blocking you. You don't have anything in the way that's, that's stopping you from speaking the word of God. We're going to do this all together, and uh, I want you to continue to pray and just let God have his way. Is that all right? When you shout hallelujah, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you continue shouting hallelujah, and God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. So you'll start speaking words and sentences you don't understand, and God will take over, and he'll have his way as God comes into your life. But let me tell you this last thing. My father-in-law, uh, as, as some of you may know him, I know your pastor knows him, he uh, pastors a church in Hawaii, and... Um, when he, one, one day, a few years ago, there was a boy that had actually drowned, and uh, he died. He was on the bottom of the ocean floor for over two hours. They called my father-in-law to go and just be with the family in the hospital. By the time they got the boy out, he had sand in his lungs, filled his lungs. It was coming out of his mouth, coming out of his nose. I mean, it was a hopeless situation. It was There was no possibility of any type of life or anything like that going on. And my father-in-law came in the room, and he decided, you know, I'm, I'm going to speak the word of God. One of the most powerful things you can possibly do is speak contrary to what you feel in that moment, to what it looks like in that moment. He said, I got down on the side of the bed where the boy was. He said, as I was there, I began to speak the word. You'll live and not die You'll live and not die. You'll live and not die. And every time with more faith, every time believing greater, every time speaking the word and faith would begin to flow. You'll live and not die. You'll live and not die. And before long, he said, man, all of a sudden that boy literally woke up and breath began to feel his lungs and he got a heartbeat again. That boy came back to life. Why? Because when you begin to prophesy, I'm telling you absolutely anything is possible here today. Would you lift up your hands all over this room right now? Would you lift up your hands and begin to magnify the name of the Lord? <laughs> 